once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello and welcome to another edition of the C-Squared Podcast. It's your host, Curtis, with my co-host, Aaliyah. And today we are we are here with Reed from the band Osiren. And he's going to be talking with us for the next 30 minutes or so about his upcoming album. Um, we're going to have a good time. And to start, thank you very much, Reed, for joining us. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. You're very welcome. So to start the proceeding, we're going to turn it over to Aaliyah. Right. Um, so diving right in, you guys just released pretty recently um, the music video for The Deafening. Um, I wondered what was the inspiration behind that sort of op um, oppositional vocal battle in the video? Yeah, um, so the song itself obviously deals with, you know, themes of um, internal struggles and doubt and, you know, I guess facing your greatest critic and enemy, which is kind of yourself, right? I mean, that's, I think for the majority of people, um, unless people are, I guess, very egotistical, then maybe not. Uh, but I, I think for the majority of us on, on, on the earth, I think that we are very critical of ourselves. So the, the themes and the lyrics and the, and the vibe is very kind of like the feel I got from the song is kind of like, you know, one of those video games, like, I don't know, Street Fighter or, Definitely or something. Definitely like, Street Fighter vibes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very like, you know, like, you know, you pick your, your enemy, you pick your, your, your opponent and, and you go at it. And uh, in this case, it's yourself. And when we were writing the song and coming up with everything, we were like, man, wouldn't this be a great song to have a featured vocalist? Because it kind of is about duality and, and, and being against each other. And, um, you know, a big influence of mine uh, especially growing up in Western Canada and um, a band that we all looked up to for, for a long time and, and still hold to a high regard is Into Eternity. And Stu Block, um, who's now back in the band, was the lead singer of the band at the time. And, um, you know, we reached out to him and luckily he, he got back to us. He enjoyed the song. He wanted to be a part of the song. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we, we, we got him to track the parts. He absolutely killed it. It, it elevates the song to another level. Uh, and it really kind of blended everything together perfectly to create that duality and that internal struggle and strife. Uh, and then he, we got him to, we, we bought him a ticket, flew him out to, to Calgary where we're based and he filmed the music video. And so it literally everything came together perfectly. I don't know how the hell that happened, but it did. And I'm not going to question it. I'm just going to accept it and be cool with it. So it was great. Yeah. Now, how much how much of that writing of the video was on your guys's side? Do you do that all yourselves or did you kind of hire a director? Yeah. So for that music video in particular, we worked with a guy named Seth Williams. Um, I call him the pistol from Bristol. He's from Bristol, England. And he lives uh, in the mountains uh, near our city, uh, Calgary. He lives in a place called Canmore. And uh, he's, he's a phenomenal director. He, he worked on, he directed and filmed our video Ignite off of our Foundations record. And uh, yeah, we hit him up. Uh, we had a meeting with him and said, this is what it's about. This is kind of the feeling. I, I threw some ideas at him regarding some of this stuff. But he just took all the information. He had his own thoughts. 
he compiled a great uh, kind of story and, and theme and idea, and he just took care of everything. It was, it was a great process, and we had an absolute blast. I want to ask a different sure. subject, if, if possible. Well, slightly I was going to say, go, do you have a question about that? Well, I have a slightly different question, which is basically, I was kind of interested in uh, knowing like how you guys are kind of handling the promotional aspect of things this time around versus your last time around. Um, what has been the differences other than a pandemic, obviously, um, that you've noticed uh, with your pr promotion this time? Yeah, I mean, I think we're a lot smarter. I mean, I think it goes hand in hand to say that we've evolved as musicians and as writers. So the music is a lot more complete and, and focused and really kind of exemplifies and, and shows who we are and, and the direction we're going. So that's one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the other thing is, you know, working with, with Stu, working with Percival out of Poland, who are on a couple of our tracks, uh, the deafening included, um, really just helps with the promo, really mm -hmm. just helps with kind of the uh, promotion of everything. And then we got smarter with our promotional companies too, like who we were working with from a business uh, standpoint and um, you know who's handling you know what and sending things where and getting us in touch with the right people so I think all of that together is really just kind of skyrocketed uh, skyrocketed this band and and this record um, to a place that we think that we we deserve to be at because we think that our music and our professionalism and our sound uh, should be there like and, and we're starting to see some of that now which is fantastic yeah, you guys seem to be all over the place right now. So I don't know what you're doing differently, but whatever it is, seems to be working well. Um, do you feel like there was anything specific that you got in those actions that really helped launch that? Like with the more like the omnipresence, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, again, just creating a team, you know, that's one thing that we've learned in this industry is just creating a team of people who believe in you and want to get your stuff out there because they genuinely believe in, in what you're doing. And, and um, luckily for us, we have a, a manager who's been a fan of ours and has, has pushed us and really wanted us to be out there, be in people's faces all the time. Um, and so that's been a huge part of it. And then also we're hungry people as a band, as bandmates, we have, that's one thing I've learned about being in a band over the years and many years of being in bands is that if you have a, a focused direction and everyone's kind of going along the same path and, and regardless of who's agreeing or disagreeing with things, you meet in the middle and you keep going forward, you know, you start to see that you start to see, you know, we're, we're going all in on the, on the social media presence, trying to get our stuff out there, trying to get in touch with the people that support us. Um, and then also reaching out to, and taking risks, like getting a, in, in touch with Stu or Percival and, and uh, all that. So I think that, again, all of, all of those things together, it's not just one thing. I think just everything's just coming together and we're, we're just going full steam ahead and we're starting to see that. And it's, it's awesome. Fair. And I got one more kind of follow-up-ish question before Aaliyah goes into her next bit, uh, which is basically, um, how would you suggest that band should get in touch with people like, for example, Stu? Like, if you're looking to get a good guest musician on an album, uh, how would you suggest they go about it without coming across as being a douchebag or anything like that? Because obviously, you're going to be, most people want to reach out to someone more successful than them and has been around for a long time. So what is the right approach in your opinion? Yeah. I mean, um, obviously if you can find their management, I mean, that's probably the True. easiest thing to do. The, the issue with that too, though, is that sometimes the manager or the management might deem 
you or your product or your music not up to the same standard. Yep. So that that might be kind of like the downfall of it all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just say like I'd say, whoops, I'd say just do your uh, do your research, like do your research, try and find like, um, you know, their contact information, and then just take a risk, reach out because what's the worst that can happen? They say no. Yeah. I mean, we've had people say no to us all the time, and I'm sure everyone who's been in like our position or our level of of being a band is been rejected so just get used to that and then just keep reaching out true okay i'm doing my follow-up Aaliyah. that was great um yeah being able to handle rejection and just getting used to it it's so important if you're going to be advocating for yourself all the time um i wanted to kind of go into uh the vocal aspects because um i did listen a little bit to your back catalog but mostly listened to the new album and i noticed you have like quite a wide range of vocal techniques that you demonstrate from like a clean ballad type singing to a more powerful singing and thrash type vocals so can you shed some light on your maybe your path as a vocalist and how you got to where you are today yeah that's that's a great question alia thanks very much um you know i think i think having influences that are diverse was a big part for me uh, whether that be folk singers, rock singers, metal singers, um, you know, I mean, even as a as a younger guy, I listened to a lot of rap growing up. I mean, it less and less as I got older, but but definitely growing up in the two thousands, um, you know, and and even some pop too. But I think I think the thing for me was listening to certain artists um, and singers and seeing if I could emulate it to begin with, um, and and then just finding styles and genres that I was like, I want to be able to do that. I really want to be able to, to do the exact same thing, like a Stu Block or like a Benji Webb from Skindred, you know, or like a Daniel Hyman from um, Lost Horizon or like some of these more, like maybe not like the Bruce Dickinson's and Halfords and, and M Shadows and David Draymond's, but the guys who are, are super incredibly talented um, that maybe don't, don't, aren't up at that same echelon or level. Um, and so for me, I think the path to kind of allude back to your, um, to your question, um, was I always, I, I think I was doing some things wrong as a younger vocalist when it came to different styles. And I just focused in on my clean voice and trying to perfect my, my tone, my presence, how I was singing, how I was feeling, because feeling is a huge part of it. And then, um, once I kind of felt like I'd gotten a hold of that and, and really found my voice that way, I felt a lot more free and open to explore the rest of the genres and styles that I've always been wanting to do and sing. And, and I'm still learning and I'm still trying new things. And I think that's going to show on future records that I'm a part of. Is it's, it's always going to be me pushing myself to see where I can take my voice and, and, and what I can, I can do. I want to I want to jump back in with another promotional question. I'm sorry, Lily is the musician out of the two of us, as you can probably tell. Um, so, I, I was curious. Like, um, you guys are currently selling CD and cassette for the new album. Is that correct, or did I miss vinyl? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I believe that's it. Okay. Uh, no vinyl as of right now, but the goal would be eventually hopefully to get some vinyl out there for sure. Cool. What brought the decision to do tape? I've heard a lot of differing opinions from bands on why they are doing tapes or why they aren't doing tapes. So 
I, I just kind of want to hear your viewpoint on it and why you guys did that. Uh, no, you know, I think, I think it's a cool niche thing that's come back. I mean, I think you can also say too, that when it comes to merch, especially something like CDs, like, you know, over the last 10 years that have become less and less, you know, prominent and more obsolete within mm -hmm. how we in, indulge in and listen to music. Um, you know, I think like the fact that vinyls come back and I'm a vinyl collector myself and I love vinyl and there's a lot of people that are into thrash, a lot of people that are into underground music, kind of throwing it back to the, to the eighties that want to get into cassettes. So I think it's more of, we're trying to give different avenues and different ways for people to indulge in our music because the music is the art, but the medium of which you listen to it or indulge in it is, is varied and there's so many different ways to do it. So why not try and, and utilize everything that's out there? Totally. Is this your first time doing a tape or is, or you did it before? No, I, I think we did do a, like a special promo, like a special promo tape, like, I can't remember if it was for foundations or Kings, but I know we've had it for sale at merch though. Uh, so it's not our first time, but, but I think this is where we're really trying to actually present it as like, Hey, this, this is available versus just like a promo thing or like an yeah. extra fun thing, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. And then one final, well, not final, cause I'm sure I'm going to have more later. Uh, but another question is just in terms of uh, your sales, do you guys normally get more CDs nowadays or is it still, or is it digital? I've been hearing different things from bands lately. Uh, well, I mean, I guess we see more of the CDs in general because it's like it's a physical thing that we're shipping out. Yeah. But in regards to streaming or downloading, I mean, if you were to, to, to look at it from that aspect, if we were to combine both, I don't know. I assume that there's a lot more streams and downloads than there are CDs in general, but Fair. But we see a lot of CDs, Bob. I mean, like we're we're in the middle of shipping out a bunch of uh, of shit right now. So I mean, it's I'm seeing it. Like I, I can I can go on on our email and I can see all the the orders and stuff. But um, yeah, I'd say that you know, again, it's it's a, it's another way for people to support us and it's another way for people to to indulge. So I, yeah, I'd say probably more online, like streaming and downloading. Fair. Com combined. Yeah. Combined. Yeah. Um, actually, I do have one more follow up on this. I'm really sorry, Leah. Uh, which is oh, uh, nice. uh, why do you think Pete, why do you think CDs have kind of fallen out of favor in general? Uh, well, I mean, I think we've become less about um, like we're trying to have everything condensed into one platform. We've always been trying to do that as as humans trying to simplify everything, bring everything together, make it smaller. So the fact that everything's on your phone now, why, why the hell do you need a CD? I mean, I think if you're looking at indulging into a specific art or in this case, music, um, depending on what you want to get from that. I mean, like for me, I was buying CDs up until about a year and a half ago, like nonstop yeah. to support the artists and, and uh, to have like, you know, the lyrics and everything there that I can, I can see. But I've also been buying vinyl. And then eventually once I got into streaming music like youtube music which i, I prefer um in my opinion Same. is a better streaming service Same. um yeah um, 100% better yeah um because you know fuck those ads right exactly like, so, so stupid right so yep. stupid um yep. but anyway uh yeah like for me um i still get vinyl and and i think that like vinyl maybe has become more of like if i'm gonna have something physical 
to listen to music on, I'm going to do something that's tangible and it's something that I can see the, the, you know, um, the, the needle go around the, the vinyl and I can, I can, I can hold a bigger piece of art and I can be a lot more a part of the physical process of that, of that music mm-hmm. versus CD it's, it's digital. So if, if we're digital, why aren't we just doing it on our phones? I mean, yep. I think that's kind of the concept of it is like, what would you rather have buy a bunch of CDs and listen to it digitally or just have it all on your phone and have even more of that music. So I think that's why CDs have, have just decreased and vinyl's yeah. gone up, I think. Fair enough. Over to you, Leah. Do you have plans to, or did I miss perhaps any of your releases coming out on vinyl? Yes. So um, we would like to eventually release this record on vinyl. As of right now, there hasn't been a big demand for it. Now, granted, we haven't necessarily pushed that as much as we should have so far at least um but if there's enough demand for it we will definitely do it because again for me just being a person that collects vinyl i think that's such a great way uh to indulge into a band and and into their art so i mean i i'd like to hopefully in the next year um with this record at least yeah um i wanted to ask about I mentioned this before we started recording, the instrumentation. Uh, I think my favorite track on the album actually is the eponymous song, Momentous. Um, I think it just does everything that a long song needs to do to keep people's attention. It has a lot of movement and a lot of different sections. Um, Personally, I wanted to ask a little bit about the folk instrumentation and the vocals at the beginning. Are those actual vocalists or is it? um, 100%. What yeah, everything you hear there is authentic. Everything you hear there is authentic. That's from Percival. They're the um, the Polish um, folk bass band. Um, and uh, they, they did music for the video games, um, The Witcher 3. Like they, they're, 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 they're getting up there, eh? Like they're, they're, they got a good, um, a good fan base and, and have had some great success over the last decade. So everything you hear there is genuine. That is them. It is fucking fantastic it is phenomenal it is dope um and it just adds to the omnibus um is that the right word on 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 ambiance ambiance yeah so yeah it's just kind of like that whole mystique that whole yeah the atmosphere everything like that like um it's just it really just elevated that song because they do play throughout that track as well in different sections different moments but that intro really just sucks you in and then it just brings you right into you know, what we do in, in the band and, and what we're able to contribute. So it's, it, was, it was awesome. And was there other instrumentation throughout the album that wasn't them or was they, were they handling pretty much the non, non-metal instrumentation? Yeah, I mean, acoustic guitars would, be, would have been us. All the vocals um, I did um, minus the, uh, the group chants, which would have been the band itself and then um, group vocals, I guess you could say, and then um, Percival uh, and Stu. Um, we do a lot of programming. Like, so for instance, like our sound has shifted from strictly a lot of symphonic elements to also adding in some cool, like ambient synth, uh, cool kind of background tones and like layers and stuff. So we do a lot of that ourselves as well, but that's not necessarily like acoustic instruments um but yeah everything that you hear 
on the songs like Anunnaki, The Deafening, Momentous. That's Percival. It's freaking awesome. And then we throw in our own layers and whatever throughout the songs as well. Can I ask a final question here, Aaliyah? Go ahead. Yeah. Cool. Uh, we should talk about your upcoming tour dates because um, I saw, I think it was five or six, mainly West Western Canada, if I'm not mistaken. I think you went as far as uh, Winnipeg. Um, yeah. We're, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say is, yeah, you're, you're correct. It's uh, everywhere from Vancouver to, to Winnipeg right now. So why did you stop in Winnipeg? Like, why not Ontario? Um, well, I mean, it, I mean, uh, I don't know how it is in, uh, in Chicago there, Leah, but as we all know, it gets pretty, pretty cold and snowy and shitty. Winter is uh, coming. It's coming. Winter's coming. It yeah, it's coming. true. Yeah. So, um, you know, for us to even just with a later year release, yeah. uh, in November, we wanted to make sure that we could hit up, um, as many dates as we could before it got too crappy and then Christmas time. Sure. We are planning on doing more dates in the new year, uh, come spring and, and summer and stuff. Um, you know, not just in Canada, but hopefully in, in the States and or uh, Europe. Um, so it was just kind of like a, a thing that like, let's just hit the road. I think we've got eight shows now, if I'm not mistaken, uh, seven or eight shows right now. And I think it's going to slowly climb up to 10 just before the end of the year just so that we can have some, some dates along Western Canada, because you know, that's, that's where we're from. And you know what, you gotta, you gotta start where you're, you're at and Alberta, uh, British Columbia, all the way to Manitoba. Um, you know, and plus I'm, I'm originally from Winnipeg. So uh, uh, it's, a, it's a little bit selfish for me too, because I get to go there and, and see some family and friends and stuff. So it's, uh, it's now it makes sense. I get it. No, I get it. Um, yeah. <laughs> one other question I just had about the tour dates is how come you guys are only doing uh, Vancouver for BC instead of uh, some other places? Uh, well, we are doing Cranbrook. We are oh, doing I didn't Cranbrook see that. Yeah. I mean, um, I saw some um, uh, posts from uh, the publicists and stuff that I think accidentally put Cranbrook under Alberta. Uh, oh. which might have been the confusion there. Uh. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just, again, a lot of last minute stuff, again, because of COVID. I mean, there's so many backed up shows and dates and stuff. I mean, to, to even get into some of these venues was a really tough uh, haul for us just because so many people have been booked up for months and months and months. So yeah. um, in the springtime, come March, April, it's looking a lot more open for us to hit more dates, more towns, more cities throughout Canada. Fair. And then hopefully within the States and Europe as well. Cool. I think that's all I got for questions. I know we're running out of time. So Leah, do you have anything else? Yeah, I had like a zillion more questions that were yep. a little Fire. more. Fire eh, I don't know. I don't know really. I had their topics. I don't know how to phrase them into quickly answerable questions. So I'm just going to ask one that you mentioned earlier, actually having some pop influence. What is your favorite or who are your favorite pop artists? Ooh. Pop, pop, pop. Well, uh, I'd say for sure, like listening to like Michael Jackson, just like his the the melodies and his singing style for sure, sure. was up yeah. there. Like I'm not necessarily, and again, when I say pop, I'm not like an avid pop listener. Well, I wouldn't expect that, no. <laughs> yeah, but but when but man, like you know, whenever there's a song by him, um, and I do have like I you know I do have like bad on vinyl, and like I, I have listened to his discography, and obviously Thriller, and 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 all that stuff. But just again, like listening to him, like I remember when he got inducted 
into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I know that there's been a lot of like, you know, because Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has just gone to shit in regards to who they induct and their whole process and whatever. But, um, you know, I remember when he got inducted and people were like, oh, wh- why are you inducting Michael Jackson? Just, you know, and I just remember sitting there saying, well, he's a fucking rock vocalist, man. Like, if you, if you listen to his tone, especially like his compression. Yeah, yeah, like his, his range. So I'd say him for sure. But then I say also with pop, if you go back to the 80s, I'd say, you know, there's a lot of artists like, I don't know, Peter Gabriel when he went more kind of like I know he's creative and he's a lot more kind of proggy but he went pop Phil Collins went kind of pop you know like even though they're incorporating these prog elements and these creative elements it's still pop um so and, and I'm sure there'll be more popping into my mind but I think it's more of the pop accessibility like the, the melody the same thing that Kurt Cobain talked about when when he did Nevermind is that he really wanted to create more poppy hooky accessible melodies on top of this aggressive in your face punk that came out of Seattle um you know so for me it's like I'm in a progressive metal band you know that incorporates different layers of heaviness and symphonic elements and tones it's like I want to come in there and I want to add in some some elements that are not necessarily poppy but I want to add in some some hooks and accessibility with it because I've always just gravitated towards that. I've always just gravitated towards what pop brings in regards to their songwriting and their style. If that answers your question at all, I don't know. Totally. If it does. Yeah, it was just meant as a fun question, but it's interesting because when you mentioned that, it does make me think of the record that you guys made. There were a lot of moments where I felt like, oh yeah, I could totally hear this on the radio. This is accessible. This is catchy. Like just a lot of moments like that throughout the record. So I really think you succeeded in implementing that without sacrificing any artistic integrity. So, Oh, thank you very much. I I appreciate that. That's very kind of you to say. For sure. Um, Curtis, anything before we wrap this up? We're out of time for today, but everyone make sure to go check out the Osiren singles that are out right now. Anunnaki and The Deafening. Was there another one I missed? Just those two? Yeah, Anunnaki, The Deafening, Beyond the Sun, and Dominion Day. All right. Check so out almost, all those songs. Almost half the record. Almost half yeah. the record. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but still a lot of great songs that are not out yet on the album that's coming out soon. So make sure to check them out. Thank you so much for coming on and everyone listening. Until next time, make like a bull and throw those horns up. If you enjoyed this podcast, Please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.